This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games and Trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are here to play our nerdy games. They're backstage knocking down sandcastles to put up sand condos. And one of them will become our big winner. We have two fantastic guests tonight. We have actors Topher Grace and Arturo Castro. Topher Grace, of course, played Eric Foreman on That 70s Show. So many of us were first introduced to him. Yeah. Topher is also in a new episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, Black Mirror is about, um, you know, how technology and social media is addictive and ultimately destroys your life. I can't always watch Black Mirror. I find it very anxiety-inducing. It's just I need to take a break sometimes from humanity being damned. Like, I just want to watch an episode where things work out and things are better because of technology. I just want there to be one where it's like, I saw into my son's brain, and he was just saying, I love you, Mom, over and over again. And you know what I found out? He wants to take gymnastics. I didn't know that. So I enrolled him, and you know what? We're closer now. Black Mirror. Our other guest is Arturo Castro, and yeah, I'm excited. He has a new show on Comedy Central, a sketch series called Alternatino. This guy has acting range. He was in Broad City at the same time as the Netflix series Narcos. Yeah, he was in a series, you know, depicting a life around a massive amounts of drugs and one about Pablo Escobar. We also have a game about uh, browsing history. Fun. Has anyone ever looked at your browsing history, Julian? I wipe it clean at the end of every day. Every day? Yeah. What are you doing that you need to wipe it clean every day? Fear it's nobody's business. <laughs> we also, uh, in our game about browsing history, I was thinking, I got a notification the other day that my Facebook got hacked, and I was like, good. <laughs> you know? That's like someone breaking into your apartment and stealing a bag of trash, you know? (laughs) Take it. Enjoy. All right, let's play some games, everybody. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Winter Chapman. You are from Montclair, Virginia. Yes. (laughs) And uh, you're a campus administrator, but you also have been taking pole dance classes for almost four years. My friend teaches it. Really? Yep. That's awesome. Uh, You have to be super strong to do that. Yes. Yes, you do. Especially, uh, I guess when you start, you think that you need upper body strength, but you actually gain it while you're doing it. Because you have to hold yourself. Exactly. Can you go upside down? I can. I can. Yeah. It's pretty good. Have you done any competitions? I actually have, yes. <gasps> How'd it go? Um, I got second place in my category. That's amazing. What's your category? Senior level exotic level one. <laughs> I think we're all happy with that. <laughs> all right, Winter, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Kirsten Nordstrom from Northampton, Massachusetts. Yeah. You're a physics professor at Mount Holyoke College. Okay, so what's new in physics right now? What's, uh, <laughs> what's a groundbreaking theory I should know about? Uh, well, there was um, an image recently published about quantum entanglement, but I don't study that area of physics, so I don't know that much about it. Yeah, so it. who cares, right? Yeah, who cares? Quantum entanglement. <laughs> yeah. Boring. Yeah. All right, Kirsten, when you ring in, we'll hear this. 
Winter and Kirsten, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. We're going to start things off with a word game dedicated to all the well-read jocks out there. This game is called It's Lit Bro. (laughs) Julian and I will pretend to be stereotypical bros, giving you clues to famous books. Ring in and give us the name of the work, but you need to replace the syllable in the title that rhymes with bro with the word bro. For example, if we said, dude, she's a babe, but her Capulet dad is beefing with your Montague dad, you two are like star-crossed surfers. You'd answer, Bromeo and Juliet. You're going to be great. <laughs> These English dudes and dudettes walk through a way intense magic closet where this literal witch is keeping the world in perpetual winter, which is a total bummer because no one can wear tank tops. Winter. The Lion, the Witch, and the War Bro? <laughs> yes, that's right! <laughs> That's correct. Feels good, right? Are you you sure? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I know. That's the game. You're like, how is that possible? (laughs) No, possible. (laughs) Those giants, they're windmills. And you're not a knight. You're Donnie from La Mancha. Kristen. It's Don Quixote. Uh, Don Quibrote? Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Little Francie is coming of age on the same block in Williamsburg that I live on now. But she lived in a tenement, and I live in a sick high-rise with a killer gym where I can blast my pecs. Kirsten. A tree bros in Brooklyn? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. This gnarly diary from a 15-year-old addict is a bummer. I don't buy this 70s anti-drug propaganda, and I once smoked a J at a Dave Matthews concert. Winter. Go ask Alice. Or? Bro ask Alice. Correct. Okay. (laughs) All right, this is your last clue. These bros, Sal and Dean, are Jack Carroll Whack, who goes on a cross-country trip for jazz and poetry and doesn't even stop for one Big Ten game. Kirsten. On the Broad. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) That was a close game, and Kirsten is in the lead. Next, we'll play a game about parallel thought. So in this audio quiz, each clue is two songs that sound similar, played back to back. So every song you identify is worth one point, and you can give me the song title or the artist or both if you want to show off, and your opponent can steal any points that you don't get. Kirsten, stay in the lead, and you are in the final round. Winter, you need to get more points, or you have to find your doppelganger and kill them before they take over your life. Okay. Fun. Here we go. Here are your first two songs. Come on, come on, turn the radio on. It's Friday night, and I won't be long. Gotta do my A club isn't the best place to find a lover, so the bar is where I go. Winter. Cheap thrills. Um, and. Oh, Ed Sheeran. That's good enough. Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Cheap Thrills by Sia and Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. That's right. I can't right. think of the name of the song right now. That's fine. Uh. I like that about you on many levels. <laughs> Can you ID these two songs? Kirsten. First one's Pour Some Sugar on Me. Yes. Don't know the second. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Winter, can you steal with the second? I have no idea. Okay. You're right, Pour Some Sugar on Me, Def Leppard, Kirsten. The other one is One Direction with Midnight Memories. Mm. Mm. Classic. 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 A classic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Apparently, Def Leppard's Phil Collins said, that is very flattering that all of a sudden these kids think it's a cool sound. (laughs) Guy's amazing. These two songs were the subject of a famous copyright infringement lawsuit. He's so fine. Uh, second, George Harrison. That's right. Yeah. Yep. My sweet Lord George Harrison. Uh, you want to guess the first one? Is, Song it or sounds group? like Leader of the Pack, but I don't think it's that. Winter, Can You Steal? Um, Martha and the Vandellas. Good guess. Not right. Not right, but yeah. it, no, that was the Chiffons with He's So Fine. Uh, and that was a landmark case for the music industry. In the mid-70s, the writer of the Chiffons, he so fine, sued George Harrison over the similarities between the two songs. The judge ruled that Harrison subconsciously copied the melody and therefore had committed copyright infringement. Here are your last two songs. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. What you made me do, look what you made me do, look what you just made me do, look what you just made me oh, look what you made me do. Winter. Um, Taylor Swift and Bright Said Fred. Yes! Turns out Taylor Swift's team preemptively noticed the similarities and worked it out with Richard Fairbrass from Right Said Fred before the song's release. Is that nice? It's very smart of them. <laughs> All right, after two games, Winter is going to our final round. Coming up, I'll talk to Topher Grace. He starred in That 70s Show, which started airing in 1998. That's as far back from us now as the 70s were from then. Yeah. So now we need a TV show that looks back at a group of teens in the 90s who are playing teens on a TV show set in the 70s called That That 70s Show Show. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit SAATVA.com slash NPR and save an additional $200. This message comes from NPR sponsor Stamps.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Do you ever wish you could get your stories in three hours rather than three minutes? Or maybe you're sick of doom scrolling, getting your news in bits and pieces. That is where Embedded comes in. We bring you documentary series that will change the way you think about things. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Julian. It's time to welcome our first special guest. He played Eric Foreman on That 70s Show, and you can see him in the latest season of Black Mirror, and he's the host of a new podcast, Minor Adventures with Topher Grace. Please welcome Topher Grace. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, you're doing a podcast now. You got into the podcast game. Yeah. So you go on adventures... With celebrities? Uh, a lot of times it's someone I know, and we talk for 10 minutes, and they have no idea what they're going to do. Oh, yeah. And then we kind of spring on them. You know, today we're going to be, like Whitney Cummings came in, and we said, today we have someone from the CIA, and we're going to take a lie detector test. She went like, 
bye. <laughs> but she stayed, and uh, we had in um, Pete Holmes, and we had the guy who created Dothraki, and so we created a language together. And uh, we had uh, Zach Levi came in, and we married a couple. <laughs> uh, it happened because I went on Anna Ferris's podcast, which is another great podcast. Her producer took me out to lunch and said, I want to do your podcast. And I said, oh, I don't want to do a podcast. I'm too boring. Like, I mean, legitimately, I'm too boring to... My wife and I always joke, if we did a reality show, it would be about us watching reality shows. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, we just once in a while chime in and be like, no, he's not there for the right reasons or whatever. (laughs) So, with this... uh, I kind of said, I, I don't think it's my thing. i just done Black Klansman. I was like, I, I'm not really looking to do that. And he said, no, I'm going to come up with a format. And this worked for me because I don't have to ask questions or do any research. I just kind of show up and go on this adventure with them. And it's kind of like I'm their buddy on the adventure. Right. So I, I guess like most people, first got to know you because I was a huge fan of that 70s show. Oh, thank you. Let that was my first the... audition. It was crazy. So you do a high school play, and then it's a couple years later that you get this call. I was playing tennis in high school, and I was really, I'm not, this is going to shock you guys, but I'm not that much of an athlete. And I got onto the varsity team. I was so psyched, and I sprained my ankle, so I couldn't do it. And I'd been in the play once or twice, and I thought, I'm going to try out for the lead in the play. And I got it. And the girl who did the sets, her parents were these huge Hollywood producers. And then the next year I went to USC. And they said, since you're in... Can I tell a quick story? I don't yeah, know if I'm taking it. Yeah, of course. Uh, they called me in my dorm, and I was, <laughs> I was like, wasted. <laughs> and and uh, this woman says, hi, it's Bonnie. This is, Bonnie and Terry Turner wrote Wayne's World and Tommy Boy, and they ran SNL. And I mean, these are... I knew they were a big deal. Uh, she said, hey, it's Bonnie. And I was like... Hey, like, who are you? Like, she was like, no, you're uh, like, we, you know, like I'm Lindsay's mom. And I was like, oh, it's like detention, you know. And then she uh, was cool enough to say, we have this thing. We want you to bring a, a headshot and a resume to this address and come try out for it. And I went, cool. So I show up. My resume had like Suncoast video and like uh, Dunkin' Donuts. And, and like, <laughs> I remember the head of like Fox was like, like, who is this kid? And then the, the, the picture was me and my friends just at Six Flags. Like, <laughs> like the roller coaster shot or your own No, it snap? wasn't the roller <laughs> That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. Just <laughs> the only picture I had. So that's where it was at at the beginning. Yeah. And since that, I mean, you just continuously act all kinds of different roles. You did not get stuck in the loop of playing, you know, the lovable straight man nerd that you played. Oh, you didn't find David Duke to be kind of like a... <laughs> <laughs> and you're on the latest season of Black Mirror. Yeah. You play Billy Bauer, the CEO of a Twitter-like social network called Smithereen. Uh, now, of course, the show plays on everybody's anxieties about technology and how it is going to ruin our lives and media. Did it challenge any of your own feelings about social media? No, what was great about the character, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it, but the character's kind of going through a relationship with his company that he's created that is very much like how I feel about social media, which is I, like everyone has an iPhone, and, and then everyone now is going, wait, am I spending too much time on this? I mean, everyone, show of hands, who's conflicted about how much time they spend looking at their iPhone? Okay, this well, guy's fine with Really? It. You guys aren't conflicted at all? <laughs> You're spending too much time on your iPhone, dude. Like, it's official. But, uh, so he's kind of going through, he has that relationship with his company that I think most people kind of have with that technology. So I have to ask about this because I find it fascinating. You, uh, you re-edit popular films like Star Wars and The Hobbit. Yeah. This is the nerdiest hobby of all time. Um, and I'm so sorry I tweeted about it once. Uh, but my friend Jeff Yorks, who is a real trailer cutter, as a, our wives were out of town, we both have kids, and we're like, what are we going to do? We got this one weekend. And this is how dorky it's gotten for us. We decided we were going to cut, all, take all 10 Star Wars films and put it into a trailer, which is a hard thing to do. <laughs> and we like kind of stayed up late. I mean, it was like fun. It was like being back at boarding school or something. And then we tweeted out, and it had like a million views in like two seconds. Like, I couldn't believe what the fan base is. And then Disney called us. <laughs> this is no joke. And we thought it was to sue us. Right. <laughs> Cease and desist. 
And they said, we want you to do that, but we want to pay you to do it for Toy Story. So now it's like a kind of a side hustle, like fun thing that we do. And it's being released on Pixar's YouTube account. Is that right? Yeah, Pixar released it. We- yeah, Pixar. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Your, your little side hobby that you don't want to do professionally is taking off. We have to sign NDAs, and we're doing one now, but I signed an NDA, but it's so oh, great. So, so you have great. another one going on? Yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm looking it forward all. to it. Awesome. Uh, Topher, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes. All right. So, Topher, in researching you, we learned that you are obsessed with breakfast cereal. Well, I, I eat it every day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you eat one kind, or are you always switching it up? Okay, let me tell you what my thing is. Okay. It's... Uh, putting them together. <gasps> to me, it's about finding something that's really heavy duty, it's like, a, like a strong drug, like uh, Golden Grams, and then cutting it with uh, like Cheerios or something. Like you got to step on that a little bit, you know? Okay. Yes. So we're going to play a game with you called Part of This Complete Breakfast. Sure. Let's bring out your opponent, comedian Arturo Castro. All right. Hi, Arturo. Hey, how's it going? Do you eat cereal? You know what's delicious? Special K with berries. You put it in a bowl, and then you... Stay with me, please. (laughs) You microwave it for like 40 seconds. Okay, I didn't just commit sacrilege. Hear me out. It makes it like soft and sort of like still a little crunchy. Oh, shush. It's delicious. It tastes like a dessert. And all the sort of berry juice goes into the milk. Try tonight and think Okay, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I feel like that could easily be sold at, you know, milk or, you know, somewhere in Brooklyn. (laughs) Yes. All right. So here's how this game works. I'm going to give you clues about a breakfast cereal. You can ring in as soon as you think you know the answer. But if you are wrong, your opponent will get to hear the rest of the clues. Okay. Okay. All right. The idea for this breakfast cereal came when its inventor thought about mixing Cheerios with circus peanuts. Honey Nut Cheerios? Arturo? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Back to you, Topher. All right. The marshmallows in the cereal are called Marbits. In 1975, in New England, a character named Waldo the Wizard briefly replaced this cereal's mascot, Lucky the Leprechaun. I still don't know it. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, Lucky Charms. That's right. That's right. Lucky Charms. All right. In an early ad, this cereal's trio of mascots fought against their evil rivals. Rice Krispies. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, And their evil rivals in an early ad were named Soggy, Mushy, and Tuffy. Good old Tuffy. Tuffy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Snap, Crackle, and Pop had to fight them. (laughs) <laughs> All right, here's your next one. The woman who created this cereal's flavored coating based it on her grandmother's brown sugar and butter sauce recipe. This cereal's mascot was animated by Jay Ward, the creator of Rocky and Bowwinkle. In 2013, the U.S. Navy confirmed to Foreign Policy magazine that this mascot's uniform designates him as a commander, not a captain. Oh, Captain Crunch. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Captain Crunch. Yeah, good. There we go. The peanut butter kind is my favorite. Peanut butter, Captain Hot Crunch? Hot take, yeah. Uh, this is your last clue. This cereal was accidentally invented when a health clinician spilled gruel on a hot stove. This cereal actually made Ronald Reagan president. Reagan was a sports radio broadcaster and was voted most popular in the country in a poll sponsored by this cereal. He won a trip to California, and while he was there, he took a screen test, which led to his film career, which led to him becoming president. Which cereal? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, what 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 was the Ghostbusters cereal? (laughs) The Ghostbusters cereal? Yeah, Yeah. that one. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Here's your last clue. Mary Lou Retton was the first woman featured on this cereal's box. Wheaties. Topher. Wheaties is correct. All right. Congratulations. Topher, you won. Oh, no way. Uh, who would have, who would have thought? 
Arturo will be back later in the show. Minor Adventures with Topher Grace is available wherever you get your podcasts. Give it up for Topher Grace. Next, we'll play a game about famous boats. Can you imagine if Noah's Ark happened today? He'd have to run so many Instagram accounts for those animals. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Ryan Greenberg is visiting from Boston, where you teach theater to 6th and 8th graders. Would you ever live on a boat? Oh, heavens, no. No? No. You don't. I get wicked seasick, which means like I would have the seasick bracelets on all the time. They're not cute, and like sometimes they also don't work. Yeah. So like I wouldn't be able to eat ever. You know what is cute? Your use of wicked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Ryan, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Isaac Villacana. You were a nurse in Texas... But now you're a software engineer in New York. I know. Quite the switch. Isaac, would you ever live in a boat? Most definitely not. Okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I, I'm claustrophobic. And just knowing that I'm on a boat surrounded by water and I can't escape, it's just, it's terrifying. I can't. You will hate New York. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually moving to Boston, too. You're moving so, to Boston? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isaac, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Ryan and Isaac, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. All right, so when we asked our guest musician, Julian Villard, what sort of music parody would you like to do? He requested Yacht Rock. What exactly is Yacht Rock? It describes music from the late 1970s and early 80s that has a sophisticated pop rock sound and also some nautical references. (laughs) All right. So it's as if rock and roll took a Dramamine. That is correct. Okay, perfect. (laughs) In this game, we rewrote Yacht Rock classics to make them about real and fictional sea vessels. Ring in and tell me what I'm singing about. If you get that right, for a bonus point, you can name the original Yacht Rock song or artist who made it famous. Here we go. It came from somewhere back around Plymouth Way. It brought dissenting Protestants Trying hard to make the trip And not come down with scurvy In the new world It lands near Cape Cod A rock to mark the spot Never coming near Virginia It's gold Dropped off those pilgrims Who colonized the joint Ryan The Mayflower You are correct And... For an additional point, can you name the song? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. Oh, okay. That's right. These songs are going to get a lot more obscure. (laughs) (laughs) That was the number one hit. Oh, no. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Cause this Cold War submarine has got a stealth drive. It's unseen Jack Ryan detects. Captain defects. Isaac. Um, Jack Ryan, that would be Hunt for Red October. Correct, you are right. And can you name the song or the artist? Piano Man. (laughs) (laughs) No clue. Wow. Wow. Way to just stab him in the heart. (laughs) No, that was not Piano Man, Isaac. (laughs) That was Give Me the Night by George Benson. You think this boat name is stupid Cause you let the internet choose Now this yellow soap gathers facts On climate change Not so dumb now Ryan Bodie McBoatface You are correct <laughs> uh, Ryan, can you name this? No, you can't nope, name the no, song No, no, no These are hits Ophira. I know, I know These are hit songs <laughs> That was uh, the Kenny Loggins classic, This Is It. Oh. Does this mean I never get to pick a game again? No. Okay. Are you kidding? This is perfect. Great. Let's continue. Next one. Ancient Greece, that's our setting. Golden Fleece, that's what he's getting. On this boat, young Jason's quest won't cease. I'm sure everyone's psyched when the first part of the clue is ancient Greece. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh. 
It's also the name of a Best Picture winner directed by Ben Affleck. <laughs> Argo? Yes, you are correct. <laughs> and... Nope, no. You don't Ju- know the Julie, song? Julie, sure? no. You no. sure? It's a classic. I, I, da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> it is He's So Shy by the Porner Sisters. That's a good Let's one. slow clap that out. Slow clap that out. <laughs> this is your last clue. I keep obsessing about that big white sperm whale. I keep processing that big bite he took out of my leg. We keep progressing about this whale ship. I keep obsessing. Mm. I feel like you... I, okay, so like, so the book is Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right, okay. Yeah. And it's Don't Call Me Ishmael. I see what you're doing here. And... <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Is... Here's a hint. It's also the name of a pizza place in Chicago. The boat is called Sal's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Vinny's too. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's a good guess. That is uh, not correct. Isaac, would you like to steal? No clue. The boat is the Pequod. Oh. No. And the song is I Keep Forgetting, parentheses, Every Time You're Near, and parentheses by Michael McDonald, solo, not with the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> Great game. Ryan is in the lead. Hey, Ask Me Another is heading to Texas. We're going to San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, and Austin. And if your favorite thing about Texas is the Texas Instruments Calculator, you should be on our show. Info about tickets and how to be a contestant is at amatickets.org. Coming up, we'll talk to Arturo Castro, who created and stars in the Comedy Central sketch show Alternatino. And as per my mother's request, I'll ask him, what's the difference between a sketch and a skit? I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. The economy right now is bewildering, impenetrable, inconceivable. Not when you have the indicator of podcast in your ears. In under 10 minutes every day, we simplify the complicated news, like... How does inflation drop? What the heck is a SPAC? Why are trendy little high-fiber sodas suddenly dominating store shelves? And more. Listen to The Indicator from Planet Money and NPR. Summer is for going to the movie theater because it's too hot to stay home. It's for driving with the windows down, listening to your favorite music. It's for stretching out while you're on vacation to gobble up a TV show. For a guide to some of the TV, movies, and music we are most excited about this summer, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Julian. Before the break, we met our contestants, Ryan and Isaac. Our next game imagines historical events as social media updates, like when LinkedIn told me to congratulate Grover Cleveland for starting his new position as president. Again. Let's go to your next game. Ryan, if someone looked at your browsing history, what's a surprise they might find? Magic the Gathering. Uh, my boyfriend's like super into it. And so like not because like he forced me into liking it, but it's more like, okay, I've started to learn about the lore and now I kind of like it, but I can't let him know that I kind of like it. So I have to like secretly gather knowledge about it to then just like insert myself into the game. Wow. That <laughs> is some covert stuff. Why don't you just tell him you like it? I, I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, it's another show. Isaac, if someone looked at your browsing history, what's a surprise they might find? So there was this game back in the 90s called Roller Coaster Tycoon. Not sure if you played it. And I recently got him back to it, like in the past six months, and I 
my browsing history would include a bunch of YouTube videos on how to beat the game and different rides you can build, how to build them, so on and so forth. Yep, you guys are um, standard issue contestants. You're perfect. (laughs) All right, this trivia game is called Browsing History. We've rendered major moments in U.S. history as social media updates. Ring in and identify the historical event, and the points are doubled... Yes, Ryan, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Isaac, you need to get more points, or we're going to have you delete all of your social media accounts and find true happiness. Oh. <laughs> all right, here we go. Venmo update. T. Jeff paid little bonbon 60 million francs for saxophone emoji, crawfish emoji, beaded necklace emoji. Isaac. The Louisiana Purchase? Yeah, that is correct. If only all government spending was that transparent. Yes. <laughs> you got a Stitcher notification that this president just dropped a new episode of his hit podcast, Fireside Chats. Ryan. FDR? That is correct. Yes. This territory just requested to become the 50th member of the Nextdoor Network for the United States of America. Ryan. Alaska. I'm afraid that is not correct. Isaac, can you steal? Hawaii. You are correct, Isaac. Yeah. This is your last clue. At Tricky Dick just retweeted at Patsy Mink's notes app screenshot that says, no person shall be subjected to discrimination under any education program on the basis of sex. Here's a hint. This federal law is best known today for its impact on collegiate athletics. Ryan. Title IX. You are correct, Ryan. Okay, after two games, Ryan is going to our final round. It's time to meet our next special guest. You know him from his roles on Broad City and Narcos, and he's the star of the new Comedy Central sketch show, Alternatino, with Arturo Castro. Please welcome Arturo Castro. So, I w- you know, you just uh, danced when you came on stage, and I read that when you were 17, you actually started your showbiz career in a hip-hop boy band in Guatemala wow. called The Unknowns. <laughs> yes. So it, was, it goes deeper than that. Okay. Um, I want to hear. We're all friends here. Yeah. Uh, so it was a hip-hop Spanish cover band called The Unknowns. And the thing is, our manager thought that we needed a softer side, so we had this, like, really sort of, like, you know, we were dressed in fubu, we were, like, we thought we were really rough, you know? (laughs) And then she thought we needed a softer side, so she's like, oh, you guys should do a Spanish rendition of Ooh Baby, I Love You Way. It didn't go down very well uh, with the crowd. We lost all street cred immediately. And oh. Had, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we're like, we, we finished the song like, Siga, pica, lo que da en la rodilla. You know, we're like, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> okay. Ooh, baby, te quiero a ti. Um, so I can't go back to Guatemala now, but thanks for <laughs> was it. Was the boy band like with the different characters, like the sensitive one and the bad boy? It was just the- three of us. There was, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we were all sort of like, Mama's boys, really. Um, you know, the unknowns, uh, it came because we were about to do this thing called the telethon. And they're like, what is the band called? And our managers like, had this moment of inspiration. It's like, well, nobody knows you, so the unknowns. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always- it's not a huge confidence boost before you go on stage. Right, it's know? always great when your manager is, is working with his first draft. <laughs> yeah, that's too. right. It's like, <laughs> I'm just I'm shoot from the hip kind of that's person. Right. Yeah. That's right. So you moved to New York uh, 2005-ish. Wow. Yeah. Who gave you this cheat sheet? Yeah, yeah. So good. You were 20-ish. I was about to turn 20. Yeah, I was You're about 19. to turn 20. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you moved to New York. You want to act and make it, do comedy, etc. Uh-huh. Make uh, it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make it today. Yes. I mean, you I, came I, here I, with that intention, right? Well, you know, yes, and... It was. I just really wanted to learn sort of the craft. I didn't come here. Of course, I wanted to make it, but I never had sort of a clear plan of like, you know, movie star. I was right. just wanted to play with my imaginary friends for a living. Did you also work day jobs to make ends meet while you were pursuing it? You know, my day job was actually sort of cool, which uh, I did uh, drama therapy. No which way. Is, yeah, I used to go into. 
Thank you. The one yeah. person that took it's your patient. I her through uh, her issues. Um, first, I tried to be a waiter for two weeks, and I sucked at it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, about two weeks into the training, this guy was there, and he was like 60 years old. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm an actor. And he's like, oh, I used to be an actor before I started here. And I was like, great. <laughs> And nothing, listen, I did catering afterwards, like the service industry is awesome. Uh, I just, I'm re- really clumsy and I'm really bad at getting yelled at. For me, it was also about money being addictive, right? If I could work a shift and it pays $300 on a good night or whatever, I'm not going to do that off-off-Broadway play that might get me seen, you know? So I had to hustle extra hard to make ends meet as an actor. Right. So I never took another job that wasn't performing. So you were on Broad City for five seasons. I was. <laughs> You played Alana's roommate, Jaime. This was obviously a breakout role for you, and right. your character had a very distinct way of speaking. Yes, he's talking that. a little bit like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hi, I'm so sorry. Hello. Uh, what were your Jaime influences? Uh, Jaime, the Abby's best friend, is called uh, is a guy named Jaime. His voice is deeper than that. But yeah. He does have an accent, and he dresses so fabulously. But he's a little more like, "Hello, papi. I love what you're doing." You know, but. <laughs> When I moved to the States, uh, part of Jaime was sort of like my wide-eyed version of like, oh my God, New York was so amazing that I, I used to get really excited and, you know, my words wouldn't come at the same time that my brain was thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of like the blend that I uh, did for Jaime. Yeah. And now you have your own show I on do. Comedy Central. Are you watching it? It's called Alternatino with Arturo Castro. So you play all the characters, yeah, all the lead characters. I was tired of co-stars, you know. I was like, stop, you know. Like, <laughs> no, I, you know, I just, uh, I think that sketch has always been so fun for me. And also, if you want to play a plethora of, uh, you know, the diversity that entails being Latin and not being Latin. Like, most of our stuff, ha- maybe like 60% has nothing to do with being Latin. But I really wanted the challenge and see if I could play 42 characters in one season, you know. So what was it like putting together <laughs> the writer's room for this show? Thankfully, we got a diverse writer's room, but it was tricky because for the packets to get to our table, they had to have an agent. Right, the writing packets. The writing packets, yes. Which is what people use to get writing jobs, just exactly. in case. Exactly. Yes. Um, I saw that there was, our, our, most of our submissions were really funny white dudes. The problem is that if you haven't worked before, you probably haven't got an agent. If you don't get an agent, then you're probably not going to wind up on our desk. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. literally lying on our desk. Uh, no, but I thought that's, it's sort of a catch-22 in that sense, but mm. we found some incredibly uh, gifted people, and we managed to have at least three Latinx people in the room. Wow. Yeah. Now, Arturo, before the show, we asked you, you know, what were your interests? Sure. And you said that you are really into chess. Yes. Very, very good luck with the ladies, you see. (laughs) It was a very popular sport in the high school. (laughs) Did you play all through school? I played it as a hobby, but I'm... I'm pretty good at it. You know the chess hustlers in Washington Square Park? Sure. So I would hustle them. Because if I needed, like, cash or whatever, I would, like, pretend to be an NYU student, have my little backpack, and, uh, like, I'm in grad school. And so they'd be like, chess player, chess player. So I would lose the first game, and then I'd, like, take them to town double or nothing for a couple more times. And I did this about three times. And the third time, uh, this guy that did not look uh, like he uh, frequented there, he was like, I know what you're doing, and this is the last time you're doing it. <gasps> And now he is my spouse. So everybody, <laughs> welcome, Diego. But anyway, yes, I love chess because it's sort of my brain is so overactive in a sense. And this focus, like, forces me to focus, yeah. you know? and think ahead. And there's something, it's like math, right? Like, there's something about math when an equation clicks in your mind. It's just a very satisfying feeling. Yeah. So I'm, I'm addicted to mind games. You <laughs> okay, <see>. yeah. perfect. <laughs> All right, perfect. Are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Sure, yes. All right, so we wrote a chess quiz for you. Oh, good, because I know nothing about the history of chess. <laughs> That's fine. But cool. Uh, it's multiple choice. Got it. So you're a good hand. So, and if you do well enough, listener Janice Lindstrom from Dallas, Texas, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh. Let's give it a shot. To win <laughs> a game of chess, si. you must checkmate your opponent or force them to resign. According to Merriam-Webster, the word checkmate is derived from a Persian phrase meaning what? A, ultimate failure. B, the king is unable to escape. Or C, I am the better nerd. (laughs) I'm going to go with B. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect sense. All right, this one's a little harder. Well... 
The names of the chess pieces have changed over the centuries. For example, the rook used to be a chariot. In the 6th century, what was the bishop called? A, the scholar. B, so the many nun. Jokes. C, the elephant. So, uh, I'm going to go with the scholar. A? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. What is it? It's the elephant. <laughs> Somebody gasped. I know. I love that. Yeah, when the game came to, to Europe uh, from India, the elephant, it was the elephant, and it was renamed to the bishop because of the shape of the piece, which was meant to resemble elephant tusks, reminded oh, wow. Europeans of a you bishop's know. hat. Okay, when someone says the word zugzwang during a chess match, what's happening? A, you're being accused of cheating. B, neither player wants to make a move. Or C, they've activated a very little-known battle royale rule where the board shrinks for the rest of the game until there was only one square remaining. I'm going to go with C. (laughs) Cautiously. I I wish. That would be amazing. I would be amazing. C would be... I know. I think A is you're cheating. You're cheating. It's actually neither player wants to make a move. It's a weird thing to like just make a sound at somebody when you know. Does it does it mean anything? Is it in any language in particular? It's German for compulsion to move. Of course. Uh, I, yeah, it's when both players don't want to make any moves because it will just make things worse. Got it. Yeah, we've all been in that relationship. I mean, come on. <laughs> Chess grandmaster Judith Pulgar accomplished what historic feat? A, in 1991, at the age of 15 and four months, she beat Bobby Fischer's record to become the world's youngest grandmaster. B, in 2002, she was the first woman to beat the world's number one chess player, who at the time was Gary Kasparov. Or C, in 2005, she became the only woman to qualify for the World Chess Championship. Um, I'm going to go with B. Did she beat him out of, you know, by her face? I can already tell it's wrong. Actually, but. no. It is correct because actually they're all correct. She did all of those things because she's a boss. What a badass. I know. You did amazing. Congratulations, Arturo. You and Janice Lindstrom both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. Yeah. Yeah. Alternatino airs every Tuesday on Comedy Central. Give it up for Arturo Castro. (laughs) Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists. Winter Chapman, who placed second in a pole dancing contest in the category of Senior Level Exotic One. And Ryan Greenberg from Boston, who says she can't get in a boat because she gets wicked seasick. Winter and Ryan, your final round is called Stay Gold, Pony Boy. Every answer is a phrase that contains the word golden. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Topher Grace and Arturo Castro. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Winter is going first. Here we go. Winter, Augustus, Veruca, Violet, Mike, and Charlie each find one. A golden ticket. That is correct. Ryan, it's the nickname for McDonald's logo. Golden Arches. That is correct. Winter, it's an Emmy-winning sitcom from the 1980s and 90s. Golden Girls. That is correct. Ryan, this award, given by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, recognizes achievements in film and TV. Golden Globes. That is correct. Winter, it's a large payment given to an executive who's terminated after a merger or takeover. Three seconds. Don't know. We're looking for a golden parachute. Ryan, in the book of Exodus, it's the idol worshipped at the base of Mount Sinai. Golden calf. That is correct. Winter, this restaurant chain bills itself as America's number one buffet and grill. Oh, Golden Corral. That is correct. (laughs) Ryan, this James Bond film became a popular Nintendo 64 game. Golden Eye. That is correct. Okay, we're at the halfway point. Julian, how are our contestants doing? Ryan is in the lead, four to three. All right. <laughs> Winter in Japan. It's a cluster of four national holidays in the spring. I don't know. Okay, no <laughs> so problem. Sorry. We were looking for Golden Week. 
Ryan, this mathematical concept may be expressed as x squared minus x minus 1 equals 0. Golden ratio? That is correct. Winter, in Greek mythology, when Paris awarded this to Aphrodite, he indirectly started the Trojan War. Golden arrow. I know. Very close, but the answer is golden apple. Here is the situation right now. The yes, score Julian. is five to three. Okay. Ryan, if you get this question right, you win. Ryan, according to the U.S. Apple Association, it's America's sixth favorite apple. Golden delicious. That is correct. Winter, thank you so much. You were an awesome contestant. And congratulations, Ryan. And that's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's guest musician is Julian Fillard. Hey, my name anagrams to Naive Duljar. Our puzzles were written by Camilla Franklin, Andrew Kane, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts and Kara Weinberger. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seichow, Rimmel Wood, and our intern, Hannah Meyer-Katkin, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Jason Russo, and David Hurtgen. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harip Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Howdy, Texas. Dot your ribeyes and cross your sweet teas because this September, Ask Me Another is coming to the Lone Star State. We're stopping in San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, and Austin, and bringing comedy, nerdy games, and trivia, plus special guests. You won't want to miss this. Tickets are on sale now at amatickets.org. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we challenge actor Michael Ian Black to a game about obscure words pulled from the book Jude the Obscure, which is the subject of his latest podcast. How could it be a breakfast before breakfast? The definition of breakfast is that you're breaking the fast. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. This message comes from NPR sponsor Grammarly. What if everyone at work were an expert communicator? Inbox numbers would drop, customer satisfaction scores would rise, and everyone would be more productive. That's what happens when you give Grammarly to your entire team. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that understands your business and can transform it through better communication. Join 70,000 teams who trust Grammarly with their words and their data. Learn more at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. This message comes from NPR sponsor State Farm. If you're a small business owner, it's your life. State Farm agents are small business owners, too, so they can help you choose personalized policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR.